G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Tradies News in a Nutshell for this Friday morning. It is the 22nd of July, 2022. Daniel Pedgrew in the chair for the next hour broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Queensland, and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. Uh, And back to normal uh, today, just the New South Wales of Queensland show. So our main focus right throughout the show will be rugby league with a bit of other sport thrown in as well, number the same, 1300 01 1170. That's 1300 01 1170. Or you can text 0457 736 736. Plenty on the agenda as well. We'll talk about last night's game in just a second. Very keen to hear from either Broncos fans or Eels fans over the course of the next hour after the Broncos won 36 points to 14. A very impressive win for the Broncos. In about 10 or so minutes, Charlie Goodsir will join me. We will preview the rest of round 19 of the NRL. But outside of that game, there's a lot of news going on in terms of rugby league. We will get to that. In about half an hour, a man that joined me a couple of times this week from the UK. He's back in America. And in about uh, half an hour, we'll have a chat with Chris Perkins, our American correspondent, to get all the latest. We'll find out if he escaped the UK uh, before the heat kicked in on Tuesday and Wednesday, and we'll get the latest from American sports. So plenty on our agenda today, one 1170 or 0457 736 736. The Hot Topic, thanks to Rain. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a ring. Yeah, does your hot water need replacing? Get one that's steady, hot and strong. Ask your plumber to install a ream. All right, Broncos 36, Eels 14. That's a really, really impressive win for the Brisbane Broncos. And I know a lot of people tipped the Broncos, the Eels, and we'll talk to Charlie about this a little later on in after the next break. The Eels only scoring 14 points. They did score first last night, Parramatta. Sevo uh, scoring the first try. Um, but unable to get the win at a ground that usually is pretty good for them. Uh, They're not unbeaten there, but they're very, very hard to beat usually um, at Combank Stadium. So where does this leave the Parramatta Eels now? Um, I think we've seen how inconsistent they can be. We know they can beat the top sides in Penrith and Melbourne, but they've had some pretty bad losses this year to the lower sides. Brisbane... They're not a lower side. They're definitely in this year's competition approaching the top four. They may have even sneaked into the top four after last night's victory. They have, although obviously a lot more games to come. They'll probably slip back out. But where do you rate these two sides at the moment? The Eels into sixth. South Sydney can join them on 24 points if they are to beat the Storm this weekend. So going to be a very, very interesting next few weeks for the Parramatta Eels. They play the Panthers next week. That is at home for Parramatta, followed up by the uh, Manly Seagulls, then Souths. This is their run home, Souths. Then they've got the Bulldogs. Then they've got the Broncos up in Brisbane, and they finish off with the Storm. So you look at that run for the Parramatta Eels. That is a really, really tough run. I know South Sydney have a pretty tough run as well heading into their finals. But aside from that, I reckon that's probably the toughest run that any team can have. Parramatta fans, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Surely the Eels won't 
slip out of the eight. But if you look at the eight at the moment, the Eels on 24, Rabbitohs 22 with a game in hand, Seagulls on 20 with a game in hand, Roosters on 18 with a game on hand, Raiders on 18 with a game on in hand, and Dragons on 18. So you'd expect them to be there, Parramatta, but that run, and they need to get moving a bit, especially if they want to finish top four, but if they were to lose the majority of those matches, you just never know. I still have them in my top eight, but they have been very, very inconsistent over the past couple of months. But all due credit to the Broncos. They played terrific football. Adam Reynolds, good. Payne Haas, good. They're just a good football team. And the turnaround in the Broncos over the past year has been remarkable. All due credit to Kevin Walters. If you're a Broncos fan, maybe listening through SENQ 693am in Brisbane or through the Gold Coast on 620am, Give me a call, 1-300-01-1170 or 0457-736-736. But yeah, really, really tough run for the Parramatta Eels. The Broncos, meantime, they've got the Tigers next week, followed by the Roosters in Sydney. Then they take on the Knights up at Suncorp Stadium. The Storm will be a tricky one at Suncorp Stadium. Then they play the Eels again, as I mentioned, and they, they, they finish off their regular season against the Dragons. So that's a much easier draw compared to the Eels one. Interesting to see how it all pans out. 0457-736-736 or 1300-01-1170. Your thoughts on the game last night. Happy to hear from both Parramatta fans, Broncos fans, neutral fans. A Parramatta a chance of slipping out of the top eight? I, I can't believe it, but you never know. Let me know what you think. 0457-736-736-1300-01-1170. Also today, uh, the NRL is plunging into a state of COVID-19 chaos, uh, the Daily Telegraph says, as it considers placing players in a bubble to save the competition during the final series. Now, we know this week uh, there's been a bit of a spike in COVID cases and clubs have been warned the third wave of the virus is expected to peak at the end of next month, which is a bit different to what we've been told, that it's supposed to peak early August, but anyway, just two weeks before the finals begin. The Manly Seagulls have been decimated. Um, Manly Seagulls have been decimated for their clash against St. George Illawarra on Friday night with hooker Lachlan Croker joining Jake Dravojevic and Andrew Davey on the sidelines. Dylan Walker is is okay and will be playing. Also, Canterbury fullback Jake Avarillo will miss Sunday's clash against the Titans after testing positive to the virus. Now, of particular concern for the game is that Avarillo has now tested positive twice, having missed a game in April. Well, you're hearing that more and more in the general community, though. Um, I don't know anyone personally, I don't think, that has tested positive twice. I don't know anyone, really, that hasn't had the virus. But you are probably going to get it again, unfortunately. Um, and we know Tigers interim coach Brett Kamali and head of football Tim Sheens are among the Tigers staff members sidelined for their game against the Cowboys after also testing positive to COVID-19, while sideline official Belinda Sharp is also out of action. Um, so they're considering, and not yet, but they're considering moving teams back in to a bubble. Peter Volandi said, coming into the final series, we will look at it. We are not concerned at this point of time because our rapid antigen system is working well and there is no need to make changes. We're going to monitor it carefully. We listen to expert advice, but the system is working. All we have to do is educate the players and we are doing that. We have been meeting with clubs and advising them of greater risks and to be more vigilant. Yeah, interesting. Um, I know a lot of people have various thoughts about this. If the rules are to stay the same in New South Wales and Queensland and Victoria for that matter, 
uh, in the final series where you still have to isolate for the seven days, um, then I think there may have to be some sort of bubbles put back into the finals clubs. And to be perfectly honest, even though I'm sure the players don't want it, I don't think anyone wants it. I think we've sort of moved past that scenario in life. You don't want to have a big name, as I said the other day, missing a grand final or missing a finals game, but in particular a grand final because of caught COVID. So it'll be interesting to see what the NRL do. Hopefully the peak of this has ended by then, but who knows with COVID. So 0457 736 736 or 1300 Would you support, if you had to have it, would you support the club's being put back into a bubble, the finals teams put back into a bubble. We are talking, it has to be said, about six or seven weeks away. So um, it may still be a bit better by then, but we'll wait and see what happens with that. Brad Fittler has come out with an interesting one as well this morning, um, or last night, uh, saying that he is adamant that rising star for the Roosters, Sam Walker, should be benched to make way for Joey Manu's move to 5-8. Now, Joey Manu, by the way, is out of tonight's game against the Newcastle Knights. A Fiddler's selection shock um, emerges. Immortal Andrew Johns praised Manu as among the top three players in the world. So, Fiddler said, I think he's got to be 5-8. I'd put Sam Walker on the bench. Um, absolutely, I would move Manu because I think you could move him back into the centres late in the game and bring Sam Walker on who would definitely be better against fatigued teams. Sam Walker would be great off the bench because he's different. He comes on and he's not someone you can do video analysis against and say he's going to do this or that. He kicks when you think he's going to run. He runs when you think he's going to kick. Um, Manu not playing tonight. Roosters fans, I'd be intrigued to hear your thoughts on this. Now, I think out of the three players, Joey Manu, Luke Keary, Sam Walker, I wouldn't be benching Sam Walker. Um, I've said on social media over the past few weeks that I think the Roosters have looked a much better team with Sam Walker running the team at halfback. We will see how that goes tonight with Luke Keary at 5 Um I don't think benching Sam Walker is the right way to go about it. I tend to think as long as Luke Keary stays fit, Trent Robinson will keep Keary and Walker in the halves for the remainder of this year. But let's just see what happens next year. But no doubt Manu has to get more involved with the ball. Um, and he's been a shining light at 5'8". I would just say, though, we are only two games. Uh, he's only played two games at 5'8 in a row. So let, let's just let's just probably um, chill for a little bit before we say Joe Manu's a permanent 5'8", but he is playing very, very well. Um, and one more bit of news before I break. Origin coaches Billy Slater and Brad Fittler have knocked back the chance to become national selectors with Slater urging the ARL commission to give Kangaroos coach Mel Meninga more say in the selection room. Slater and Fittler anointed Kangaroo selectors before Origin, but wanted to get through the series before deciding if they would take up the position. ARL Commission Chairman Peter Volandi said he could understand their reasons for turning down the opportunity because it would potentially compromise their states uh, their job as state coaches. Billy Slater said he was already overloaded with commitments and couldn't do justice to the role of national selector. Queensland and New South Wales Rugby Leagues are expected to nominate two selectors each. But most recently, the panel compromised Laurie Daly and Darren Lockyer. The pair are expected to again be considered for the roles. Slater said, I am full to the brim at the moment. I would have to sacrifice other things. As important as I see the role, I just couldn't do it justice. Fittler added, I was flattered to be asked in this Australian selector. Given my position with the New South Wales team, I feel it would be a conflict of interest. Slater urged the commission to give Meninga more say. 
in selecting the team. Technically, the national coach is not part of the selection panel, although Meninga still holds significant sway. Slater said Mel should have the deciding vote. There is no more uh, one more credential to decide on the Australian team than Mel Meninga. Valandis is the chairman of selectors as part of his role as the ARLC boss. Yeah, I agree with Billy Slater. I think Mel Meninga as the coach probably really should have more of a say. Your thoughts on that? 0457 736 736. And your predictions for the weekend. Big weekend of sport. Obviously, rugby league will dominate, but all the other sport going on around the place as well. Com Games not too far away as well. Opening ceremony this time next week. So plenty to get our teeth stuck into on this Friday morning. one 1170 0457 736 736. Your thoughts on the Eels? Could they miss that top eight? Could they? They've got a really tough draw. I'll repeat it again in the next break. They have got a really, really tough draw. Could they miss the eight? And Broncos fans, are you quietly confident about what your team can do this year? Players back into a bubble potentially for the final series. Would you support it? And anything else you want to talk about on this Friday morning? We'll take a break. After this, Charlie Goodsir will join me to preview the rest of round 19 of the NRL. Yeah, 17 past five to America in about 15 minutes. Charlie Goodsir in the studio with me now. Morning, Charlie. Good morning. How are you? Uh, very well. Now, just before we get on to the football, you're going to see two concerts next week back-to-back, is yeah, that right? Yeah, back-to-back. I've got, I'm going to see Jack Harlow on now, Monday, which now, I'm very excited about. Now, Jack Harlow, yep. fill me in who, who is uh, he's, he's an American rapper. Yep. Uh, he, he's pretty cool. He's pretty suave. Okay. Uh, very excited to see him. Right. And then the next day, I'm going to see my all-time favorite band, uh, Gorillaz. See, I didn't think the Gorillaz were still around. Yeah, yeah, they're still around, still kicking, still releasing some pretty good music. I um, My first ever album was Demon Days mm. back in 2005. Mm. And my first ever concert was Gorillaz in back in 2010. That's the last time they've been to Australia. So when I heard they were coming back, I was like, I have to get a ticket. I'm going solo. Going just solo? Going solo. I decided Ooh. I just want to go by my own, just experience it for myself. So I'm really excited for it. Enjoy it by yourself. Yeah, I, I, I definitely will. <laughs> Where are they playing? Uh, playing at Kudos Bank Arena. Very good, very good. Well, if you're still standing this time next week after two concerts, uh, I'll be very impressed. Uh, this is our Makita Power Play this morning. This season, Makita helps you rule the outdoors. Um, before we get on to the rest of round 19, uh, I put the question out to listen. So the Broncos 36, Eels 14. They currently sit in sixth position, the Eels. Now, I did this earlier, but let me uh, pose you the question. Will the Eels make the eight? This is their run home. They've got the Panthers next week followed uh, then by Manly at Manly in round 21. They then play the South Sydney Rabbitohs in round 22. In round 23, they play the Bulldogs, so that's a slightly easier game. They then go up to Brisbane in round 24 to play the Broncos, and they finish off with the Storm in Sydney. Now, that's a tricky draw. I still think they will, but they're currently on 24 points. The Rabbitohs could join them in 24, and then there's a host of teams on 20 points and 18 points coming into this round that will be hot on their heels. It's a tough draw. It is a tough draw. I've got them winning at least two of those games. I've got them winning against Souths Mm. and against the Bulldogs, although they always lose to the Bulldogs. They they always drop those games, but just going on being the favourites, I'm going to go... They win at least two games, which gets them to 28 points, yep. which is normally enough to get in the eight. But but that, that's tough. They, they've left themselves, they've left the door wide open for other teams to kind of steal their spot in the eight. It's an incredibly tough draw. 0457 736 736 or 1300 1170 if you've got any thoughts on that. All right, let's turn our attention to the rest of round 19. And Charlie, there's some really, really intriguing games this weekend and some crucial games. 
Probably none more so than this one. The Dragons up against the Manly Seagulls tonight at Cogra. Now, the Manly Seagulls just inside that top eight at the moment on 20 points. The Dragons are just behind them on 18. The Roosters and the Raiders also on 18 points. If Manly could get uh, a win tonight... Um, and the Roosters and the Raiders were to lose this weekend, they would skip four points ahead of those two teams, albeit unlikely probably the Roosters are going to lose. But anyway, I'll talk about that in just a second. Um, but Manly, without three of their key players due to COVID and at home for the Dragons, has that swayed you to tip the Dragons? No. No? Okay. No. Okay. I. This is whoever loses this game can't make finals, in my opinion. I, I, I think this is an early elimination final. Mm. Uh, I, I think the Dragons... There's been a lot said in the week about how they're underperforming, about their cap space, how their kind of money ball approach hasn't really worked this year. I tend to disagree. I think they've outperformed my expectations. Mm. I think the Eags, the Seagulls, I wrote them off a few weeks ago, and I wish I hadn't. I'll take it back. They'll, they'll make finals. I, I think DCE is looking really strong. I know I know Jake Trebojevic is a big out. Uh, and I've got a, a few other players missing due to COVID, but I think the Seagulls will win this game. Yeah, look, uh, I was very tempted to tip the Dragons, but the thing that put me off, and look, the Roosters played very well in the second half last week, but the Dragons were pretty poor. But if Ben Hunt stands up, they play good footy. The Seagulls, they are undermanned big time. Uh, just it, It's just hard to tip the Dragons, but they're a bit like the Eagles. They're one of these inconsistent teams. But I will tip... Manly. The other game tonight, I'm actually heading up for this one. The Newcastle Knights up against the Sydney Roosters. A crucial game for the Roosters. And depending what happens in the game beforehand, they may find themselves in the top eight. We'll wait and see on that one. This again, if the Roosters are going to make the top eight, these are games that they win. No Joey Manu for the Roosters, though, which is a bit disappointing. However, Luke Keary and Jared Rhea Hargroves make their return. Who are you tipping in this one, Charlie? I'm going to take you back 18 weeks ago. Yes, please do. Round one, mm. S- SCG, about uh, 1.30 at yeah, the yeah. Sydney Cricket Ground. New I would have se- said the SCG. New season full of excitement. Exactly. And everyone thought the Roosters were going to spank the Knights. And mm. what happened? The Knights won. The Knights spanked the Roosters, mm. and it's going to happen again. Is I, it? I don't care you've got Kiri back. I don't care if you've got Uriah Hargo's back. You had those exact same players playing in round one. Yep. We had the formula to beat you, and we will beat you. We've been playing so much better the last four weeks or so. Mm. Just haven't really got the results. I, th- I think we should have beat South, to be I, honest. I agree. That I, 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 well. I think, yeah, I think we, we let Latrell kind of bully us a little bit, mm. as he's known to do, mm. as he can do. Mm. Knights are going to win this game. You're tipping the Knights. Tipping the Knights. I would love next year we actually have to do a proper tipping competition and yeah. see who, because I think your tips with the Knights and the Titans might let you down in the long run. Oh, look, I think it might be a bit closer. Newcastle, always hard to beat in Newcastle, but if the Roosters are serious about making a late season run and they still believe they could finish in the top four, I'm not so sure about that, but uh, they need to win games like that. Roosters for mine. Three games tomorrow. Now, another important game for the Raiders up against the Warriors, this one in Canberra with a 3 p.m. kickoff. I'm going the Warriors. Are you? I'm in the Warriors. And the only reason is because they've got a bit of a hoodoo over the Raiders. They, the Raiders sometimes, or somehow rather, always seem to drop games to the Warriors. And mm. I think it's, it's the Sean Johnson factor. He did it earlier this year when he got that drop goal. Mm. I, I, I just think something's going to give a little bit. I think benching Reese Walsh was a, mm. a bold move, but I think it's the right move. Mm. I don't think he's been playing well this season at all. Mm. And I think it's kind of the kick up the, the backside that he kind of needs and that the Warriors need, that Stacey Jones, yeah, he's the interim coach, but he's saying, I'm going to make some big shake-ups and give incoming coach Andrew Webster a, a few things to think about. So I think on the back of that, I think the Warriors, I just think the Raiders, 
have been far too inconsistent this year. They have been getting better, but I don't know. For some reason, it just feels like they're due for a loss, and I think this is the one. I'm going to tip the Raiders, but I tip them with no confidence whatsoever. But just because it's such a big game for them and it's in Canberra, I think they'll get up over the Warriors. 5.30 tomorrow night. This should be a good one as well. The Penrith Panthers taking on the Cronulla Sharks. It's first place, third at the moment. Now, I'll never tip against a full-strength Penrith. But I can see the Sharks giving them a run for their money. And what I'm very intrigued to see tomorrow night is all the Origin players back for Penrith the first time since that Origin loss, how they respond. And the Sharks, they've been playing some good football over the past few weeks. Sharks have been playing some good football. And I do agree. It'll be interesting to see how they respond, the Panthers' Origin stars. But I think you said it right off the bat. I mean, you can never tip against a full-strength Penrith squad, some on the Panthers. Yeah, I think the Panthers, but if the Sharks can win, they'll make another statement in this competition. The other game tomorrow night, another beauty, the Rabbitohs taking on the Melbourne Storm. Since Latrell Mitchell's return, South Sydney have looked like a different team. Whether they can keep that up for the remaining six or seven weeks of the competition, and hopefully for his sake and South's sake, they stay fit, but they don't have a great record against the Melbourne Storm. But Charlie... Melbourne haven't been playing great football over the past month. They looked really good in that opening 15, 20 minutes last Sunday afternoon, and then we know what happened to Ryan Pappenhausen in Canberra. Uh, weren't too good for them down in Melbourne. Look, uh, uh, who are you tipping first? I'm going to tip the Rabbitohs. Okay. Uh, yeah, you right last week, Storm looked like they were going to run up a score mm. against the Raiders. They were so all out attacking, mm. which is, mm. you know, classic Melbourne Storm. But I just think they're missing the personnel. Mm. I think Pappenhausen is a massive out. I don't know if you read it earlier in the week. He had his leg, he's had his kneecap shattered in 10, ten, ten yeah. places, which just makes me squirm mm. a lot. I think Brandon Smith being out mm. is a, a big omission as well, given his suspension. And I just think they're, they're just not clicking like they mm. did. And we had Cameron Smith earlier on uh, in the week on Breakfast with Bossy and Brandy, and he said their defense mm. is just not Melbourne-like at the moment. They're allowing too many meters. They're allowing... Teams that kind of jump on them in those, I think, you know, the, the Raiders scored like 14 points in the space of, you know, eight, nine minutes or something like that. Mm. So I, I just think they're not clicking that well. And I think Latrell is what's tipping me over the edge to tip the Rabbitohs because he just makes them look so much better. Mm. And it is so bizarre to me that one player, although albeit a very, very good player, mm. can have such a massive impact on the team. Like Cody Walker looks so much happier and better. And I just think that's a big fault to the Rabbitohs. It, it's waited until Latrell is back mm. towards the end of the season where they've started to kind of get their act together a little bit. I'm tipping the Rabbitohs. Uh, I think uh, Cody Walker probably is happy that all the pressure's not on him as well exactly. when Latrell is back. He needs to stay fit. I'm going to tip Souths as well, but I have no real confidence in that tip. I could easily see the Storm uh, winning that one. Then just quickly, the two games on Sunday, Bulldogs up against the Gold Coast Titans. It's 14th, play 15th. Now, if you're a new listener to the show, Charlie, for some reason, and look, to be fair, they only lost by four points against the Brisbane Broncos last Saturday night. You always tip the Titans. Are you tipping them against the Bulldogs this weekend? No. No? No, no I'm not. Got no. off the bus. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm off the bus. They, okay. They've burnt me too many times. Mm. That's not to say I won't tip them again. I'll probably tip them next week. Mm. Uh, let's see who they have uh, next week. Mm. Uh, they but, have the Raiders they, next week. They can beat that game. I yeah, might tip yeah. them. But no, this week I'm tipping the Bulldogs. I think they are looking really great under Mick Potter. They're looking really attacking. Mm. And how good Latrell was last week, mm. the Bulldogs are great. Yeah, they they are excite. They're an exciting brand to watch now. Unlike earlier this season, when 
Bulldogs came on. Oh, switch it off. They're only going to score six, ten points. They look great. They yeah. look really good. I think Burden's finally found his footing in that team and really feels like it's his team. Mm. And I think there are some good supporting characters starting to emerge as well. So, I mean, the Bulldogs. All right, you're going the Bulldogs, as am I. I think they've been good over the past month or so. And finally, at five past four in Queensland, at Townsville, the North Queensland Cowboys on Sunday afternoon taking on the West Tigers. The Tigers had their best chance. I think they're probably going to get last week against the Panthers and couldn't beat them. No Brett Kamali, the interim coach, he's got COVID. Tim Sheens has got COVID as well. Um, it doesn't matter if they have COVID or not. I still think they're going to be absolutely smashed by the Cowboys. Playing for the James Tamo Luciano Lelua Cup yes. today, yes. Uh, or, or, or on Sunday rather, and James Tamo's 300th game. It is. Congratulations yep. to him. He's well been done. a great servant for uh, a few clubs. Mm. That being said, the Tigers, I'm going to go out on, a, on the limb here and say they're not going to win another game for the rest of the season. Yeah. They are as bad an NRL team as I've seen. So, Cowboys. So, the Cowboys. All right. Thank you. We'll see what happens with that. And you'll be back on with Vossi and Brandy with the breakfast show a bit later on with your wonderful Friday morning segment through SEN 1170 AM. Yeah. Yeah. I will be. Uh, stay tuned for that and uh, go to the Newcastle Knights. Yes. We'll see what happens uh, with that. Thank you, Charlie. 29 past five. Any thoughts on that uh, from Charlie? I'm disappointed he didn't tip the Titans. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy or 0457736736. And if you're just waking up after the Broncos, 36, Eels, 14, uh, lost for, by the Eels, victory by the Broncos. Brisbane fans, how are you feeling about your season? I don't think anyone expected the Brisbane Broncos to be in this position at this time of the year. And Parramatta fans, are you a little worried? I've gone through the your draw a couple of times. Could Parramatta miss out on the top eight? I don't think they will, but they have got a very, very tricky draw. 0457-736-736-01300-01-1170. And Roosters fans, what do you make of the call by Brad Fittler to when Joey Manu gets back to drop Sam Walker to the bench? and have Joey Manu and, and Luke Keary as your halves the remainder of the season and bring Sam Walker back on the field uh, with, what, 20, 30 minutes to go as the X Factor. I don't agree, but what do you think? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. After this, we're going to cross to America, have a chat with Chris Perkins. It is bang on 5.30. Good to have your company. It's 25 to 6. Don't forget, after 6 a.m. through SCN 11 at 70 a.m. in Sydney, it's Vossi and Brandy with the breakfast show. I might try and have a word with Brandy before 6 a.m. And through SCN Q693 a.m. and also uh, 1620 a.m. Gold Coast uh, SCN, of course. Uh, it'll be Mark Braybrook and Brooke Hansen for you uh, this morning. And I'll tell you what's coming up on that show very very soon. Don't forget, though, if you're running a small to medium business as a builder, renovator, or tiler, Beaumont Tiles wants to help you. Australia's biggest Beaumont Tiles, together with us, want to boost your business. Head to iCanWin.com.au and you could win a $25,000 advertising package to promote and grow your business. Connect with Beaumont Tiles and enter now at iCanWin.com.au. Going to tell you about a potential clash with the Everest as well uh, after our next chat with Chris Perkins. Uh, don't forget, you can text over. 457-736-736 or 1300-01-1170. Thoughts on the game last night. And will Parramatta be missing the top eight? Now, meantime, we usually speak to this man on a Tuesday morning and we will get 
back to that regular routine next week. But I thought we'd just catch up with him today. Last time we spoke to him, I think he was in London on Monday. He'd been to St Andrews for the golf. Of course, we know we started the week with Cameron Smith winning at the British Open. He's made his way back to America, and we're going to talk a bit about American sport with a bit of an Australian twist in just a second. But firstly, Chris Perkins, good morning, and are you happy to be back in America? I am very happy. As soon as my internal body clock gets adjusted, I'll be perfect. Last night was a bit rough. I went mm. to bed like 9 p.m. Mm. I never go to bed before 11 when I'm at home normally. But, yeah, the, the whole jet lag, the, the, uh, the six-hour time difference, and the fact that my trip home mm. kind of had a voyage of the damned feel to it. Yes. So what happened there, Chris? So obviously we know um, we spoke <laughs> to you on Monday and then the breakfast show through SDN 1170 AM uh, had one of our mates over at England from uh, the Mirror um, reporting, James Whaling reporting how hot it was. I think it was Wednesday morning over here in Australia, 40-odd degrees in the UK. Mm-hmm. And we've seen, uh, and, and look, there's a serious element to it as well, a lot of fires around Europe and uh, even in the UK. So hopefully everyone is staying as safe as they can. But uh, we know the UK has not built for the heat. Did the heat affect you getting out of the UK? Well, I don't think it was the heat more so than, than general issues with uh, – uh, air travel coming out of the UK, particularly out of London. Okay, mm, mm. now it did get really hot over there. It, I, I was in London Tuesday afternoon when it got up to forty. Uh, the the heat was so bad. In fact, Luton Airport had to close down for a little while because the runway was turning from a solid into a liquid. It Ooh. was melting. In yes, spots. lovely. <laughs> But, but no, this has been an issue. The, the travel delays and hiccups uh, at Heathrow, they've kind of been going on all summer to the point that Heathrow's telling the airline, stop selling tickets mm. until September because yeah, saw that. we can't handle the capacity. Well, I kind of got caught up in it on, on Tuesday. Uh, our original flight, British Airways, from uh, London to Philadelphia, they overbooked it. Ah, well, that is not good. And they couldn't, they couldn't, yeah, they couldn't get us onto that flight, so... Um, we wound up having to sit there for about five and a half hours uh, until we could catch a flight to Newark, New Jersey. Mm. And then from Newark, uh, the next morning, we fly United home to St. Louis. So that entailed an overnight stay at, at, the, at a hotel at Newark. Uh, now, British Airways, the folks there, the three people we dealt with there, they did a fantastic job mm. with, with the limited resources they had because – you know, when you've got X number of people trying to fly out and only so many seats available, something's got to give. And, you know, unfortunately, we wound up getting caught in that. But wound up getting home about 15 hours later than we expected, which, you know, quite honestly, with what's going on at, at Heathrow and at Gatwick and all over Europe, in all honesty, uh, that's a lot better than I expected. I fully expected to spend an extra couple of days in London. Oh, well, you wouldn't have been complaining about that. <clears throat> Yeah, I wouldn't have been totally heartbroken <laughs> no. about the, about staying an extra couple of days in London. Wouldn't that have been absolutely awful for you? You know, I have seen those reports, and it's affecting, I think, flights in and out 
of Australia as well. Uh, well, good that you're back. Good that you're back in your rightful spot. Uh, not a heap going on in American sport. We'll actually start. We'll talk baseball in just a second, Chris. But overnight, Australian at time, Sam Kerr, she's won yet another award. I said the other day that she's going to be one half of the FIFA 23 video game cover. Well, she's been named the best international athlete in women's football at the ESPY Awards in the United States. Uh, third time she's won the award, uh, which comes after another stellar season. And she was also named uh, the Football Writers Association Women's Footballer of the Year, WSL Player of the Season, and received a medal of the Order of Australia. But uh, just an amazing achievement again by Sam Kerr to win that award overnight in the United States. Yeah, it's been a real nice run for Sam Kerr the last few years. You know, winning, winning uh, you know, title upon title on the field, getting the FIFA cover, the FIFA 23 cover, which is the global version of getting the Madden cover here yes. in the United States. Yeah, so it would be. It is massive to get to get that cover spot from from an EA Sports title like like FIFA. So, and then you know, cap off with her award last night at the SBC. Yeah, it's been a it's been a nice run for Sam Kerr. I think there's a lot of people in in the, in the world. Uh, uh, not just in Australia, who would love to be in her shoes right now because she she's having a run mm. of epic proportions. Playing very well. And, of course, we've got uh, the Women's Football World Cup here in Australia and I think also New Zealand uh, in 2023. And uh, if Sam Kirk... Will be there. Uh, if Yes, and if Sam Kirk can keep up that kind of form, you never know, Australia might well be a chance to win the tournament uh, here. Just playing fantastic football. What an athlete. Yeah, yeah we... Yeah, the stars and stripes. Uh, the the stars and stripes. Mm. We'd like a word. Oh. It's still got to come through us, and the Canadians may have something to say about that as well because they're pretty good too. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be a very interesting tournament. Looking forward to that happening. Uh, it just feels like there's so much happening in the world of sport over the next uh, year. Really, you've got uh, the Commonwealth Games starting next week. You've got the Football World Cup. Uh, we've got the Rugby League World Cup. We've got a Rugby Union World Cup. We've got a T20 Cricket World Cup also in Australia, and then uh, we've got uh, the Rugby Union World Cup and uh, that World Cup as well in the next uh, year or so. So a lot uh, of sport to enjoy over the course of the next 12 months or so. Uh, quick, uh, quickly, Chris, as well, baseball, what's happening there? We're still a couple of weeks off the NFL preseason starting. So what's the latest in the baseball? Yeah, in fact, the, the uh, NFL preseason is, starts two weeks from tonight. The Very good. season, the regular season, mm. starts seven weeks from tonight. So set your, uh, set your DVRs. I Seven will, weeks from tonight, we'll have the the opening game of the season. I will say, uh, but uh, but uh, no baseball uh, right now. Kind of a lull. It's the All Star break, and used to be they take you know they play the last games on Sunday, uh, take Monday Tuesday for the All Star game itself, and then Wednesday off. Well, they've kind of extended the All Star break now through it ends on Thursday, and everybody gets back to work on Friday. Mm. in major league baseball so uh every every degenerate gambler in this country is kind of got the shakes going on right now because we have we 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 have nothing to gamble on right now Mm. and it's kind of a sad thing to see yes (laughs) yeah i I can imagine it's uh, very sad it's getting to the point where i think some of the gamblers are are betting on nepalese yak races that's desperate that is desperate for betting. Uh, uh, one football note real quick. This yep. broke about three hours ago mm. uh, while I was on with Phil Pryor overnight. Mm. Uh, uh, sources are saying the Arizona Cardinals have locked up uh, their quarterback, Kyler Murray, 
to a long-term extension through the 2028 season. Mm. You want to hear the number that's being kicked uh, around? Not really, but go for it. <laughs> How about five years, $230.5 million? Now, that .5 is important. I'll get that to the, uh, that in a second. Mm. Uh, the, the, um, the contract includes $160 million in guaranteed money. So Kyler Murray has just become a, a very – very wealthy individual, uh, but he, he's locked up now through the 2028 season for the Arizona Cardinals, which would be interesting to see how, how he progresses because there's been a, at least some questions about his, uh, about his ability as a quarterback. We've seen him play great. Mm. We've also seen him play pretty awful, and he's still developing. He's still a young quarterback, really still in his rookie contract as well, uh, which is why we're at the point of doing a contract extension now. Uh, but they've got him locked up, but we'll see how he develops and what his next contract winds up being. If he develops into the quarterback everybody thinks he can be, the next number, double it when, when he gets that contract. But no. I, I mentioned the $230.5 million for over five years. Mm. Uh, that is significant. What was the last, con- the last significant quarterback contract that was signed uh, in this offseason? I'd be saying Tom Brady. No, uh, Deshaun Watson, when he was uh, traded to Cleveland and then signed to that extension, his contract was five years for $230.0 million. So the .5, very important. So Kyler's getting a half a mil more than than, uh, Deshaun Watson. Now, the big difference between Kyler and Deshaun, Mm. Deshaun's getting every dime of that money, every dime of that $230 because it is fully guaranteed. Of course, I had Tom Brady in my mind signing a contract with Fox Sports for about three hundred and seventy-five million after uh, he retires, which is uh, very. Lucky. Oh, okay, that okay that <laughs> that is a significant that is a significant quarterback contract. It but I uh, so you're technically is. correct. Thank you. But but the, these contracts are actually for being quarterbacks. Hey, just really quickly, in just about thirty seconds, I've just yeah. seen uh, more than twelve thousand people have signed an online petition on Change.org calling for the United States Tennis Association and the U.S. government to allow Novak Djokovic to compete in this year's U.S. Open. Obviously, uh, the rules at the moment: you have to be fully vaccinated against COVID, um, and it looks like he's not going to be uh, playing. Um, there was a statement that the petition said saying there's absolutely no reason at this stage of the pandemic to not allow Djokovic to play at the US Open 2022. Uh, US government and USTA must work together to allow him to play. Um, does that work at all? I can't see that working, If they, even if they get 100,000 signatures. But with, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Well, it's very interesting, but the problem the problem with this is I, I happen to agree with those petitioners mm. uh, personally. But at this point, you got to think about the administration that's in charge mm. and the the screams of hypocrisy that mm. would be emanating from well, pretty much everybody, if if uh, the U.S. government uh, made that change to their their rules uh, to, mm. on getting into the country, the screams would be very loud. So yes. I, I think it's probably going to wind up being a non-starter. Yeah, I agree. Well, disappoint. I mean, his personal choice. He's uh, disappointing, though, that he's not going to be able to uh, compete in that US Open after what he did at Wimbledon. Chris, thank you very much. We will have a chat again uh, next Tuesday when things get slightly back to normal. Have a good weekend.
Yes, you too. Enjoy your weekend. And yes, we'll be back to normal. We'll have things to bet on. Yes. Thank you. Do gamble responsibly. Thank you, Chris. Chris Perkins in the United States of America, 13 to 6. Now, I mentioned I have this story for you just before a break. Sydney is on track for a clash of the Titans with Bruno Mars. I wonder if Charlie would go and see Bruno Mars. Uh, Opening the new Sydney football stadium on the same day. uh, Well, it's not opening the new Sydney football stadium. It has to be said that um, there'll be some football there beforehand with the Roots and Souths game. However, uh, on the same day as the world's richest race on turf, the Everest, the New South Wales government is close to inking a $10 million deal with the music superstar for a blockbuster first concert at the new Allianz Stadium. Mars will fly to Australia for just two standalone concerts in Sydney, at the Marquee Stadium, uh, which can hold up to 50,000 people on Friday, October 14, and Saturday, October 15. But scheduling the American Singers concert on the same day as the one of the world's biggest race days, the Everest, just down the road at Royal Randwick, has stunned racing officials. Peter Vlandy said, I don't believe it. No one would be that stupid. The Everest has uh, broken the mould for racing and attracted a younger audience with almost 80% of the 40,000 attending aged under 35. So it looks like there could be a bit of a war there. Uh, Racing New South Wales previously paid around $400,000 for post-race day concerts from Jason Derulo, Kelly Rowland and Liam Payne. But the concern is the audience will be slashed if the Mars concert goes ahead. Verlandi said, ideally what they should do is have Bruno Mars perform on the Thursday and the Friday and then get him to perform at the Everest at Royal Randwick on the Saturday. Verlandi's said. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Do you rather go to the racing or would you rather go to see Bruno Mars? I think I'd rather go to the racing. 0457 736 736. No offence to Bruno. Or 1300 01 1170. We'll take a break. Come back with more. This is Tradies News in a nutshell. Yeah, six and a half to six through SEN 1170 AM. After 6 AM is Vossi and Brandy. Gray Alexander with me now. Morning, Brandy. Morning, Dan. Now, quick question. Uh, Everest Day, there might be a concert at the new football stadium, Allianz Stadium with Bruno Mars. Would you prefer Everest or would you prefer to go see Bruno Mars? Look, I'm not a big music goer, but no. I, I, I don't mind Bruno. Don't I, you? I, I think he's got some good songs, yeah. But I'd uh, I'd pass up Bruno Mars. Mm. Um, I'd go to the Everest. You'd go to the I, Everest. I, I'd, yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I'd like to go and watch the horses. Big race. I sort of understand what Peter Vlandis is saying. Mm. Um, mm. You know, two big events in, in the precinct. Well, you could go to the Everest then, go to the concert after, though. Yeah, and they are trying to attract the younger crowd. But yeah, anyway, mm. um, he's a very powerful man, Pete. He's he, got he a lot is. to say about a lot of things. He does. Uh, good win very quickly, uh, more after 6am by the Broncos last night. Ah, fantastic win. Uh, 24-4 at, at, at a stage in that first half. Uh, the Yields, I thought, got themselves back into the game with a late try, but uh, just not good enough in the second half. Wet weather footy, we've become used to it, and the Broncos handled it perfectly. So uh, Broncos jump above the Eels now, and mm. um, they're sitting good. They, they look good. They're a good side, Dan. They are, and the Eels have a very tough draw. We will hear you after 6 a.m. with Vossi. I think Ricky Stewart on the show after uh, up between 6 and 9 as well. So looking forward to that. 
See you, Dan. Thank you, Brandy. With Vossi after 6 a.m. through Listers through SCN 1170 a.m. Through SCNQ 693 a.m. Mark Braybrook and Brooke Hanson today. Uh, and a special guest, we Brisbane Lion Charlie Cameron ahead of the Q Clash. And I'm sure a complete wrap of last night's victory with the Brisbane Broncos winning. Thank you for your company this week. Been another fun week. Breakfast coming up next. Have a wonderful weekend. And I'll see you Monday morning from 5 a.m. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.